Welcome back to another episode of Love It There. We have seriously been loving all the feedback we've been getting on our first two episodes, so please keep that coming. We love the compliments. Yeah, for real. Just honestly, it makes our day. Um, we Obviously, we've been putting like a lot of hard work into this, and it, like obviously, it's something fun that we are enjoying doing, and it's our new little adventure, but it does take a lot of work, so when we do get positive feedback, it really just makes it all feel worth it, and... Yeah, especially like the listener questions and like the listener feedback has been really fun to be able to like actually incorporate some of your guys's thoughts and opinions in the actual episodes. So, yeah. Yeah, we really want this to be able to be used as a resource for you if you're traveling. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of people might just listen to it just to be entertained, which is great. Awesome. We're here for that. But we (laughs) love if you can't tell, we love to talk about travel. So the more you guys like reach out or use our Instagram to DM us and ask more questions or whatever, we try to keep the podcast, believe it or not, a little bit more narrowed down to the stuff we think is actually interesting. Even though it's still almost an hour. (laughs) Yes, we struggle. And that's cut down. Hallie and I talk usually at least 90 minutes and we cut it to less than an hour. So Okay, we're probably going to have to cut this out. We need to literally stay on topic. Yeah. Anyways, um, my point that I was trying to say is the – oh, yeah, DM us on Instagram if there's more that you feel like we didn't really talk about in a particular place. Let us know what questions you have. We'll DM you back. We want to be able to – it's just another opportunity for us to talk about the places that we love and the things we love to do. So please use us as a resource. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was – We know we talk about a whole lot and list off names of restaurants and places for each episode. So we try in the episode description or the show notes to kind of summarize and outline or at least list the names of places and things that we mentioned through the episode. So if it gets a little bit all over the place or confusing during the episode, just reference back to the episode description or the show notes to kind of keep things straight. Yeah. Also because our pronunciations usually are really bad. So it might help to see the actual name so you can look it up. Absolutely. We don't do the best job at that. So yes. Okay. Well, I am really excited to jump into today's episode because it's actually about a place that Kelsey and I have both been to. So it'll be fun to kind of compare our experiences and see um, like what our different opinions were about this place, but we're going to talk about Barcelona. Yeah. So we both studied abroad at separate times in a little town in Spain called Alcala, um, which definitely will have its own episode down the road. Yeah. Loved that place. Special place in our hearts for sure. Um, but while we were studying abroad there, both of us were able to do a little weekend excursion to Barcelona. Yeah. Um, so I was there like three days. And honestly, one of my favorite places, it was super fun. Some of the best food I've had, some of the best memories I made in my whole time abroad. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. All right, let's get into it. Enjoy today's episode on Barcelona. Okay. So Barcelona is a city on the northeastern coast of Spain, and it's actually the capital, 
the capital of Catalonia, um, which is an autonomous community in Spain, meaning they actually tried to declare their independence from Spain back in 2017. Um, Spain basically just said no. Uh, they shut down big time. It And I think there's like still some beef going on because of all this, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it might be a hot topic for anybody that has connections in Spain or has spent time in Barcelona recently because this was... So this happened in 2017, and I think I was there... When was I there? 2016. Okay, so I was there the year before. So there was like a lot of um, – this was definitely like rumble – this was in the rumbles that everybody was talking about that this was happening. But anyways, they really tried to declare their independence from Spain in 2017. Spain essentially declared it illegal um, because they said the way they did it breached the Constitution, and then that was that. So um, they're – an autonomous community, meaning they have their own language, their own parliament, their own flag, but they're not like completely independent from Spain. Um, but it is a different, it's culturally different. Um, the language Catalan, which I originally thought that was just a dialect, like a different dialect of Spanish, but um, actually doing research for this podcast, I learned it's truly actually a distinct language. It's very, very similar to Spanish, but it is technically honestly not though. Because when I was there and I was looking at all like the road signs or in Catalan and I could not tell what they were saying. And it's like, I can read Spanish fluently and I couldn't even like connect the dots and put the words together. I had no idea what most of the signs were saying. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I truly don't remember having that yeah, issue. But- I, I came in with the same understanding is that I knew they spoke very differently in Barcelona, but I figured I'd be able to figure it out after like I had been in Spain for a couple weeks already. I like wasn't really worried about c- the communication issue, but I got there and I was shocked to see how different it was. Like we would try to speak to people in Spanish and they were like, no, like just right. speak in English because they didn't even want to speak like what we consider normal Spanish. Barcelona is pretty touristy, so most people speak English. And because they have so much beef and want to be so different than the rest of Spain, you probably should just speak English and don't try to speak any other language. Yeah. Well, and like the opposite side of that is in Madrid, my friends that were staying with host families, like they told their host families that they were going to Barcelona that weekend. And my one friend's host mom was like, oh, Barcelona, like... They just want to be so different. Like, they're trying to, like, break away. And she was like, don't, I don't even like going there. So it was interesting. The issue is there's a lot of resources in that area of Spain. And so Barcelona and the Catalonia area is a very wealthy region. And when they're a part of Spain, they have to kind of distribute their resources throughout the country. And so they kind of basically want to keep all that wealth essentially for themselves and not feel like they have to fund the rest of the country's expenses. Right. So that's kind of the reasons why they wanted, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of other reasons, but I think that's kind of the main reason why they were seeking their independence in the first place. But um, it didn't happen. So they're still part of Spain. They're just in their own little autonomous community. 
But since it is on the coast, um, like I mentioned, that's the northeast coast of Spain, there, Barcelona has some great beaches right on the Mediterranean. So when I went, we went to the beach for like our whole second day that we were there. And we went to, there's a bunch of different beaches right in Barcelona, but we went to Playa Barceloneta, which is like the main biggest beach in Barcelona. And it's right by the Olympic port, which is where they had all of like the sailing and the kayaking events for the Olympic games when it was hosted in Barcelona. So that was cool to see. Um, the beach was really nice. There's a lot of cool like restaurants and clubs and tons of stuff to do right on the beach. The sand is like very rocky. It's very different from how you think of American beaches. Like the sand itself was fine, but then once you get into the water, it was really rocky and it really hurt your feet. But it was still really pretty. Um, and the other thing that was very interesting about the beaches in Barcelona, which is pretty much just how it is in Europe, but it happened to be the first beach experience that we had when we were in Europe, is that it's very common to be topless or completely nude. Did you partake? I did not partake. <laughs> I consider myself pretty confident, but I'm not that confident. When in Europe, you know? Yeah, not for me. I did. But no, you didn't. <laughs> you did not. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't. Also, because it was literally <laughs> basically my Barcelona trip, I went with essentially strangers because my friends on my study abroad trip went somewhere else that weekend and I really wanted to go to Barcelona. So I was like, okay, I'm either going by myself or I'm tagging along with these other girls that I didn't know very well. So I went with them. But imagine if I was just like, they don't know good me. Good first impression. Yeah, and I'm just like strip, be like, oh. Hey guys, girls, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so that was definitely a little bit of a shock. We were like trying really hard to keep it together, but it's like literally, how can you not stare? Like we were <laughs> oh trying so hard to not, but it's like they they're girls like playing games in the water with no top on. <laughs> they're like throwing like footballs around but not footballs because they don't play football out there but they were like playing like beach games and we were just like how is that not uncomfortable <laughs> like what i see wait were there how many people i truly when i okay so my memories of barcelona are a little bit less fresh than hallie's she was just there this summer and i was there six years ago so i cannot remember that there were that many people that were nude when i was there maybe i the beach I went to wasn't as like common to be nude, but like, I don't remember. So were there when the, it was mostly topless. That's way more common than like full nudity. I could see topless because no tan lines, you know, whatever, but I don't want sand anywhere else. So <laughs> bottoms will always stay on. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's definitely just a cultural thing. Like if it's normalized, then it's fine. But to us, it, that's just like, I cannot get my head around that. It was so interesting to me. But there's other beaches that are way more well known for that than Playa Barceloneta. So if you are specifically looking for that in your trip to Barcelona, <laughs> um, other ones that people went to were Nova Mar and Marbella, 
which Marbella is specifically known as like the gay beach. So that's where like it's in the area of Barcelona where there's like a very high population of like gay people. So that's where my some of my friends that kind of like went off and did their own thing accidentally went to that one and they like didn't know that it was known for that. And they like came back and they were like, guys, like you'll never believe what we saw. I thought it's a party over there. Oh, they said it was so fun, but they just like did not know what they were walking into. And so it was just funny. But um yeah, overall beach experience was really great. It was really fun. Um I would say be extremely careful with pickpocketing and people stealing stuff on the beach. Never leave your stuff on the beach. Like I'm picturing our spring break trips to Florida and it's like Everybody can go in and you just like leave your stuff out and you don't worry about it. You do that in Barcelona, all of your stuff will get stolen. I 100% guarantee it. I saw it happen right in front of me, not in Barcelona, but in a different part of Spain. And it's a really good way to ruin your entire vacation. So don't do that. Also, they not even just like if you go into the ocean and leave your stuff, will they pickpocket? But if you like are sleeping or like have your eyes closed or something, they will come up to your towel and just take your stuff. So, like, honestly, you have to, like, do it in shifts where if you're with people, somebody needs to be, like, watching yep. and just watching everybody's stuff while the other people are maybe, like, laying down or sleeping or something. Yeah, it like, people just have no mercy there. It's crazy. Um, But there's also a lot of people walking around trying to sell stuff to you on the beaches, which – Honestly, like, I respect the grind. Like, I know they're just trying to make a living, but it would get so annoying. People would come up to you literally every five seconds. And I don't know if you remember this, but when I was there, there were people that, like, kept trying to give massages. Oh, yeah. And which is, like, weird. They did that in Cabo, too. So, like, I I think it's just, like, really big and, like, really hot spot tourist destinations. But there was this one guy that kept, like, walking up to our group. And he was like, Masahe? Masahe? And he would like keep walking up and asking us. And we were like, no, like, no Masahe. Like, please, no. And then he, but he would like ask us it and like such like that high pitched voice. And so we would like laugh at him. And then he would like mock us laughing at him. So then he would be like, <laughs> Masahe? And then we'd be like, ha ha ha. So then he'd be like, hee no. And it was so funny. Like, I'm doing such a bad imitation of it but it was so funny this guy was just like Masai, Masai. but um yeah I'm glad you guys didn't take him up on that oh no the, there was a group of guys next to us that did though and it was really well okay it's better guys getting a massage than girls oh yeah no 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 no. we don't worry we did not well I also yes the people selling stuff on the beach there was a ton of that most of it's like knickknacks and you know like towels or little crafts or like art stuff and things like that but they also there's people coming around trying to sell different nightclubs and they're like trying to convince you to go to their club or whatever and or the bars or everything like that and like I mentioned I was with these random girls that I didn't really know that well so we weren't trying to like go out and party and so I was kind of just like no, no, thank you. But also I felt like probably the place you're going to want to go if you're trying to get an authentic um, 
having ha- to have an authentic time in Barcelona, you don't want to go to these nightclubs that these people are walking around on the beach trying to convince people to go to. Those are going to be all tourists there. Oh, which yeah. Which is fine if you want that experience and if you, if you want to just – I mean, you can meet a lot of great people that are tourists from all over the world, all in the same spot. But it just kind of depends what you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. That happened to us too. Um, and we had already done like our research going into the weekend because we knew we like wanted to check out a couple different places. So we had been looking stuff up and knew like the prices of everything. And what they were trying to sell us was like way more expensive than we knew that it was. So also you kind of have to look out for that. Like, I don't know. Honestly, just if people are trying to sell you stuff on the beach, just like probably safe to say you could stay clear of it and you'll probably be fine finding stuff on your own. I thought you guys did end up going to one that they convinced you to go to. No. Because we had already bought we already bought tickets. Okay. So they were like trying to convince you and you were like, sorry, no, we're going here. Yeah. We're like, we already bought tickets to opium. And they were like, oh, opium. Because they like they're literally right next to like the people were from Pacha that were trying to sell us those tickets and opium is right next to Pacha. And they're like Okay, so tell us about opium. Ugh. Oh my gosh, there's so much to tell. <laughs> Let's get into it. The people live for Hallie's party stories. Okay, so Opium was where we went to the second night. The first night we went to this other club called It's just you guys are gonna be like, why did you go to this based on the name? It's called Rasmataz, okay? Sounds really authentic, <laughs> Catalonia. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, actually, it kind of was, honestly, but we walk in. And it's literally full of, like, 15-year-olds. Like, everyone was children. And the only reason we went is because these girls from our program had gone the weekend before. And they were like, oh, my gosh, you have to go to Razzmatazz. It was, like, the best night ever. And so we were like, okay, like, let's go to Razzmatazz. We get there. Immediately, we're like, no, this is not the move. This is, like, no. But we had already bought tickets. And, like, you had to pay, like, to get in. So we are like, okay, let's just, like, try to make it work. Like, we can, like, make it fun. It was no, it was so bad because it that's the thing in general in Europe. Like we felt so old being there because the clubbing age in Europe is like 16 to 20, basically. And we're just now 21. So we're like excited to go to the clubs. But by 21, it's like kind of old news. So yeah, you guys are like the creep creepy old women that's what we felt like at razzmatazz we were like this feels illegal we should not be here so that was the first night so then the second night we planned on going to opium which we were really excited about and opium is a beach club so it's right on playa barceloneta and it's right on the beach and it like opens out to the beach like you can like go out there at night it's really cool and it was dude i literally don't even know what to say it was just so well okay reminder we mentioned this in um i think the florence episode but the nightlife in europe especially in spain starts very late yeah so typically the locals truly don't go to the bar don't get to the bar until like 2 a.m or later yeah i don't remember what time we got there i think we maybe got there around like 1 or 1 30 And so we get there and it's just like 
it's so cool inside. Like there's just, it's just like you're, I mean, it's a classic club. Like all of them basically look the same, but there's like multiple floors, multiple rooms. The music was so good. They played a good mix of like EDM and Spanish and English and like just like all the good hits. So it was really fun. Um, But talk about like the tradition of what people do. Like, oh, yeah. To close it out. So we were told that because the clubs in Europe close at 6 a.m. And so because it's on the beach, when it gets to 6 a.m. and everybody has to leave the bar, they like all run out onto the beach and then like keep the party going on the beach. If you can imagine it being 6 a.m. and people still wanting to keep going. And they literally watch the sunrise. Yeah. And watch you can watch the sunrise like at 6 a.m. We did not make it there. <laughs> <laughs> we were back home by then but because you're the old the old ladies at the no bar. okay at opium it was a much older crowd so it was good okay only at razzmatazz do not go to razzmatazz <laughs> go to opium well if you're 16 maybe go yeah, to razzmatazz if you're 16 in barcelona go to razzmatazz but no one else go um yeah it was just really fun that was like me and my friends, if we talk about, like, our favorite night, it was probably that night. It was really fun. So, yeah, I didn't really have nightlife experience at all. My nightlife experience consists of me and the girls I was with going out to dinner and getting a really good paella, which I still think about this paella. And I went a long time ago, so I don't remember the name of the place we went to, but I am sure you can go and get paella pretty much anywhere in Barcelona, and it's going to be good. If you don't know what paella is, it's a seafood dish, rice with lots of spices, and um, there's sausage or shrimp, shrimp, and um, it's just delicious. It's one of my favorite Spanish dishes. So go anywhere in Barcelona to get a good, to get a good paella. Um, but I don't know what other food did you have there that you liked. I had some of the best tapas I've. I had in Spain were in Barcelona. So tapas are basically just like small dishes um, that you can like share with the table. So like for dinner, we would go out to dinner and we would basically just get tapas for like each of us and like drinks. And that would be our dinner. Also, we were all on a budget. So that was just like the cheapest way to do it. But honestly, like they're supposed to be small plates, but they're like a good amount of food. Like, we were fine with that. Um, we happened to be where our Airbnb was, was right above a tapas place that was so good. It was called Gigi Von Tapas. We'll put it in the show notes. And it was, like, super good. We got some of the best Tinto we had, which Ugh. Tinto Del Verano, guys, uh, let me let me put you on it, okay? If you're in there in Spain in the summer, you need to get yourself some Tinto de Verano. It's basically red wine and Fanta Limon, which is like orange Fanta in the U.S., but in Europe they have lemon Fanta, which I don't even like soda. I like I'm really not a soda person, but this stuff is so good. I don't know what it is about it. You're gonna get so much crap for calling it soda and not pop. Why? People are going to call you out. Why do you not say soda in Michigan? No. I think you say pop in Indiana, too. No. We just literally don't drink it, so we've never had to even talk about it. But if you say pop, I feel like that's like you're from the South. None of my friends say pop. They all say soda. Really? Yeah. 
pop or soda in Indiana? Pop is most commonly associated with the Midwest and in most of the West. These include Illinois, Ohio, Minnesota, Michigan, Indiana. Yeah. Maybe I, but it's like, okay, you East Coast is soda. Midwest is pop. South is Coke. Oh, yeah, they just say Coke for everything. But I guess it's just like in my head because you go to the bar and you don't say, oh, I want a vodka pop. You say, I want a vodka soda. True. Okay, that's fair. So that's just like. Continue. Okay, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't really like pop or soda, but I love Fanta Limon. And it's red wine, Fanta Limon, and ice. So it's like a cold drink. So it's perfect for the summertime. It's so refreshing. And I love red wine, but in the summer, you need that ice or you need that cold drink. So it's the perfect mix of being able to drink red wine in the summer, and it tastes delicious. Yeah, so good. Um, And it was also one of the only drinks that they would serve with ice anywhere in Spain. So... Because you would, like, order water, and they just give you tap water with no ice. It was so hot all the time, so we would just be like, we need something ice cold. So we would just get Tinto de Verano because we knew they would serve it with ice. Um, but, yeah, I had some of the best Tinto at Gigi Tapas, And then we also ended up becoming, like, best friends with our waiter. He was so cool and was, like, giving us such a hard time because we went there the night before we went to Rasmataz. <laughs> And he, like, asked us where we were going. And we were like, oh, we're going to Rosnitas because we were excited because we didn't know that it was going to be bad. And he, like, made so much fun of us. He was like, you guys are such tourists going to Rosnitas. Like, what are you doing? And he was so right. We should not have gone there. But should have taken taken advice from the waiter. Yeah, but he was so cool. And since it was right under our Airbnb, like, every time we would go in and out, we'd, like, always see him out there. So we'd, like, say hi every time we, like, came and left. So it was funny. That's cute. Um, and then the other topless place we went to, I'll put it in the show notes. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. But we, it was kind of like a small place. It was also right by our Airbnb. So that's just why we went because it was convenient. It was kind of small inside and it was only like bar seating. And we had a group of like eight of us or 10 of us, 10 girls, something like that. I can't remember. And so we literally took up the entire bar and we were like being probably really obnoxious just like talking and we were trying to like talk across the bar so we were kind of being loud and it was just you had probably already pre-gamed a little bit I don't know if we had maybe I don't remember we all got Tinto so we were having our Tinto and (laughs) it was just us at the bar and then these like four older men like sitting at a table in the corner. And I was like feeling so bad because the waitresses loved us. They only, they could not speak any English. So we were like talking to them in Spanish and they loved that we could speak Spanish. And they, so they thought we were so fun and they like let us take the ox. So we were like playing like whatever music we wanted. And wait, I didn't know that. That's so yeah, fun. And they were like, what do you want to listen to? So we like, we're playing our music. It was so fun. But I was like feeling bad for these old men because we were like, taking over the music and like being loud and I was like oh I hope we're not like disturbing them whatever and they kept like looking at us and so I was like oh they're definitely so annoyed but then all of a sudden they like bring us out all shots they bought all of us shots the men men did did. yeah (laughs) 
So the whole time I like thought they were so annoyed and then they like ended up like getting us all shots. They got us like they were annoyed they weren't hanging out with yeah, you. Yeah, I think they just were jealous and wanted to be a part of the party. So then they were a part of the party and we all had ourselves a good time. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but we got a picture with like the waitresses, so I'll like put that on the Instagram because it was really cute. But yeah, so those were my two tapas experiences. And then the other thing that I would highly recommend as far as food is this. There's a really big market in the center of Barcelona that we went to. I'll put the name of it in the show notes also. But it was basically just a huge farmer's market type thing with all kinds of different food. Like literally anything you could imagine. There was dessert. There was meals. There was fruit. There was everything. And I got this like fruit cup. And it was so fresh and so good. And yeah, that was like one of my favorite things that we went to. I could have stayed in there for hours and just like walked around and looked at everything. Is it like right in the, did you say it? it's right in the city center or where was yeah, it? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was by. We walked to it from like the center. And I think it was maybe like a 15 minute walk from um, La Rambla, like the main, where all like the main shops are. So. It wasn't like we had to take a taxi or anything. Yeah. But that was like really fun. Okay. Let's get into some of the content requested by our listeners. So each week, um, usually on Sunday, um, we post on our Instagram at love at their pod. We announce what city we're going to be doing um, for that week's episode. And then we ask what you want to know about that city or what you know, so what questions you have, or if you've been there, please tell us like your fun stories or anything like that. Cause we'd love to share it on the podcast and just, you know, you're going to get me and Hallie's perspective on each city, but the, people can have so many different perspectives and thoughts on each place. So we'd love to be able to kind of share the more, um, different perspectives. So yeah. So please just, you know, Check out the Instagram. Let us know your thoughts and feedback on the cities. But yeah, let's get into our listener questions or what they want to hear about for Barcelona. Yeah. So we had a couple people mention the architecture in Barcelona. One of the people that responded said that Barcelona is like one of her favorite places that she's ever been. And I asked her like specifically what she liked about it. And she had a lot of great things that she mentioned, but she said specifically like the architecture, it's just so different from the U.S. And there's so much character to every building and so much history behind it. So we want to talk about the architecture. And then somebody else specifically asked us to talk about Gaudi, which is a really famous architect in Barcelona. And he was born in Barcelona and is known for um, being the main architect of La Sagrada Familia, which if you don't know what that is, it's a absolutely gigantic church in Barcelona and they've been building it for so many years and they're still not done. And it is the most intricate architecture you will ever see. We'll post pictures of it. You'll get to see how crazy it is. But Yeah, so he's known for that. And also there's tons of other buildings that he's built and designed in Barcelona. And they're all super unique. So if you're really into architecture, you could spend days like looking at all of his buildings in Barcelona. 
there's so many cool ones. So Hallie mentioned La Sagrada Familia, the name of this big church in Barcelona. You pretty much can't go anywhere in Barcelona without stumbling upon this and seeing it. Um, It's massive and it's very, very unique looking. Um, It was started, the construction began in 1882 and this church is still not finished. 1882. Let that sink in. Yeah. You heard that right. A moment of silence for 141 years that this church has been being built. That's actually crazy. Yes. And so Gaudi, who Hallie mentioned, I think I say it wrong. I say Gaudi, but I think it's Gaudi. Yeah, Gaudi. Okay, Gaudi. Um, so he's the most famous architect in Barcelona. And his work, so he was he's known for modernism and he gained inspiration from the geometric shapes found in nature. So when you think about unique architecture, his is like really unique. Just the shapes and everything of his buildings are very different than traditional buildings and very different, very different than what you think of when you think of European architecture Mm -hmm. and very different than what you think of when you think of American architecture. It's like he's in a world of his own. So La Sagrada Familia, this church is just very unique looking on the outside and it looks completely different on the inside, which we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, But the original architect, when it was starting to be built in 1882, He actually resigned after one year, and then that's when Gaudi took over. Um, Gaudi died in 1926, and at that point, this was 44 years after construction began on this church, and less than 25% of it was done after 44 years. That's insane. I just can't believe they didn't, like, give up at that point. Like, right. No. 44 These people years. are determined. It's still going. They are still working on it. It finally, so after 1926, or in 1926, 25% was complete. Construction didn't pass 50% completion until 2010. That's 128 years after construction <laughs> began. They finally passed 50% being done. Yeah, that's absurd. I'm like, what slow? Like, what is taking so long? Literally. So I guess okay. The Spanish Civil War slowed construction down. Apparently, okay. That only lasted three years. However, we'll we'll cut them some slack, right? But apparently, some of the church was destroyed during the Spanish Civil War. So maybe that like set them back a little bit and they had to redo some parts. And then also, some of the architecture plans were destroyed. So they must have just kind of been floundering around, not sure what to do. Gaudi's dead at this point. No one to ask. What a nightmare. So I think that slowed things down. They were, they wanted to complete it by 2026 for like a big 100th anniversary for Gaudi's death. But then guess what slowed that down? COVID. Yep. Just like it ruined everything else. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I can't get into that right now. Um, so yeah, it's 2023. It is not finished. They were hoping to finish it by 2026, but we will see. Yeah. When I went, most of it was done. And you'll see in some of the pictures I took, Basically, they were on the outside. The only part that was like remaining was like the very top is what they're like 
working on finishing right now. So like the steeples are what they're basically finishing. And I think there's like a couple towers that they're maybe starting from the bottom, but you look at it from the outside and most of it looks complete. So that was cool to see. Cause I know Kelsey, when you were there, there was like a lot more of it that was kind of like blocked off. Um, yeah, it'll be cool to see. Hopefully our pictures can show kind of the differences in six years. Yeah. Between the time I was there and Hallie was there, maybe what they had worked on. Um, cause obviously technology has come a lot farther, so they're able to make a little bit more progress. Um, but when you see these pictures of this church, it, part of it makes sense of why it's taken so long. The outside is so intricate. There's all these, um, what am I trying to say? Like scenes from the Bible, like carved into the outside of the church. And, um, I mean, the whole outside tells a story. And so it's very, very, very intricate. And then, um, the inside, so the outside is very dark and ornate and detailed and Gothic and it's just like very busy. There's a lot going on. Right. And then when you walk inside, it's completely different. And I feel like so many churches in Europe pretty much kind of have the same feel when you go inside. This is unlike any, it's unlike any church in the U.S. and unlike any church that I've stepped foot in in Europe. Um, It's white. Pretty much all of the like walls and the pillars and things like that are white. And then it has the most beautiful stained glass windows everywhere. And so when the sun comes in, it just lights it up in a million colors. And it's this is going to sound stupid, but I literally just got chills from you describing it because the first, like when I walked through the doors and saw it for the first time, I just could not believe how beautiful it was. And it is just such a contrast from the outside. You do not expect it to look like that on the inside at all because it's so clean and smooth and it's just stone and the windows, like you said. And it was just like so amazing. And I almost don't want people to look at the photos because I didn't know what it looked like on the inside. And so when I walked in, I was really surprised. But also, the photos cannot even capture how beautiful it is. So you will still, if you look at these photos, you'll still even be so shocked when you walk in. Yeah, because I had seen photos and I still was like, wow, this is unbelievable. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's only – so you have to pay to get in. You have to wait in a little bit of a line, but it's so worth it. We didn't even have to wait in a line. Oh, really? We went through, like, a security line, but we were, like, moving the whole time. We never once had to stop. Okay, perfect. And I was there this summer, the busiest summer that they've ever had. So it was, like, well handled, yeah. And then I think it's – Depending on like what you do, because there's different levels of tours. You can pay to just go in the main part, or you can pay to go up in the into the towers. So I think it's like twenty six to forty euros. I saw online, um, depending on what you do. But students and anyone under thirty, you get a discount. So just make sure you check that out online. That goes with anything 
in Spain specifically, they're really good about offering student discounts or like most of their stuff is like under 26 or under 30. So like the train passes that we got in Spain, we got a huge discount because we were under a certain age. So if you're doing any traveling in Spain and it could be the same elsewhere, I'm just not sure. Make sure you're looking into what kind of discounts you can get for things based on your age. And something else that Gaudi designed um, was Park Guell, which it might be pronounced, it's G-U-E-L-L. It might be pronounced Guay because the double L in Spanish isn't the hard L sound. But Hallie and I are used to saying Guell, so that's what we're going to say. So sorry if we offend anyone who knows it. That's not actually how you say it. But anyways, Park Guell. Um, designed by Gaudi as well. Um, that's where, if you've seen the Cheetah Girls, the Strut music video is um, performed. Slay Cheetah Girls. Yes. Love them. Um, <laughs> um, so the story behind this park, so it was originally intended by this guy, by a guy named Gwell, to build a little garden city to have a bunch of homes and a little market and the town hall and all these things. So he hired Gaudi to design this and build this. However, that plan kind of failed because only one plot out of 60 that were intended was sold. And the home that was built there, it was not actually designed by Gaudi, but he bought it when nobody else did. (laughs) And he lived in it for 20 years until he died. So that home is now the Gaudi Museum. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of homes and things there, um, even though that was what it was intended to be, was like a little village town. Now it's just basically where you can go and look at all of Gaudi's architecture. Um, but it's very colorful and just all these unique – I feel like his – like you think of buildings and architecture, you think of a lot of like right angles and sharp lines and his is all like flowy and there's like no right angles and it's a lot of mosaic and just very, very, very beautiful things that you can look at architecturally, but also the nature. I mean, it's a park too. So there's lots of um, trees and and things like that where um, it's a nice little oasis that you can kind of get away to. Yeah, I think That's what's so cool about his architecture is, like you said, nothing is sharp angles. It's all wavy and it almost like you almost feel like you're in a different like world almost because it's Mm -hmm. like a little disorienting because everything is curved and wavy and it's just like not what you're used to or would expect at all. So like especially in this park, it is just like really cool to see because Like elsewhere in Barcelona, you'll have one of his buildings surrounded by the rest of like the normal Barcelona architecture. But in this park, you're completely surrounded by it. So it's just really cool. This would be like the big thing that I would recommend to go see in Barcelona for sure. Yeah. And I think it's only like 10 euros, honestly, to get in. So that's totally worth it because you get a nice little, you can walk around and see all the architecture. And I feel like that's really cheap. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is really cheap. It is um, on a big hill. So just be prepared to do some hiking because the day that me and my friends went was 
Sunday. It was the day after we went to opium. (laughs) So we were all feeling a little unwell. And it was like 98 degrees the day that we were there, but we had already bought our tickets and we like all wanted to go. We were like, we're definitely going. It's not like we're not going to go. So we had to like hike up this hill. Well, first we took a taxi. So we took a taxi from our Airbnb, but the taxis can't go all the way up to the park. So they have to drop you off and then you have to walk all the way up to the entrance of the park, which the taxi ride... And you probably... I was just going to say, it is a little bit far outside of like the main Barcelona area. So Hallie and her friends weren't just being like hungover and that's why they took a taxi. You probably have to take a vehicle of some kind to get out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Unless you like happen to be staying right by it. But it it is like further out. Um, But yeah, our taxi driver was so funny because so we're like all like just a little delusional in the back of his car. (laughs) And he was so annoyed with us, dude. Like, he kept, like, looking in, like, the rearview mirror, like, at us. And we could just see him, like, he was straight-faced, like, in such a bad mood because we're all, like, talking. Maybe he was, like, the men from the restaurant and he wasn't actually annoyed, but he was jealous that you guys were having such a good time and he was working. Well, yeah. So, eventually, we cracked him because we (laughs) we were in the back and it was, like an inside joke that whenever we would like do something crazy we'd be like un poco de lulu like a little delusional (laughs) and we would like always say it in that like high-pitched voice so we were all just like making fun of ourselves for like we looked so rough and like we were like we're really about to go into this park and it's 98 degrees and so we're all like un poco de lulu and as soon as we said that he bursted out laughing like he thought that was so funny because we had like been talking in English, obviously, and he didn't understand English. So he was just like so annoyed with us because we were being like loud and chatty. And then we go, un poco de lulu. And he like understood that. And he thought it was. He's like, you read my yeah, mind. He was like, yeah, that's what I've been thinking the past 15 minutes. And like <laughs> thought it was so funny. So then after that, he was like talking to us and we were like having a good time. But that was just like such a funny moment. But yeah, so he drops us off. And we have to, like, hike all the way up to the park. And I have, like, the funniest picture that I'll post on the Instagram. But I, like, took a selfie of all of us, like, walking up the hill. And we're all, like, hands on our knees, like, hunched over, struggling to, like, survive walking up to the park. And, but it was so cool when we got in. Like, it was so worth it. Like, never would I have like wanted to not go it was I knew it was going to be amazing and so we were obviously like all happy that we did it um but yeah basically you just it's a lot of like walking around and just sightseeing yeah well I was gonna do another go or no segment but you kind of answered my question so park well go or no def go yeah sorry I got ahead of you but 100% would recommend even when you're hungover and it's 98 degrees still go Bring a water bottle. Yeah. There you go. And some ibuprofen. Oh, something that I also wanted to mention that I forgot about Sagrada Familia is that we saw online that you had to wear long pants or a long skirt. And so we were all wearing... And have your shoulders covered, I think. Yeah. But we were told that they offered scarves. 
Okay. So we all like wore long pants or a long dress and it was so hot and we're like walking around and like all of our like whatever. And we get to Sagrada Familia and that was not enforced at all. There were so many people there in shorts. I think they do offer a mass on Sunday, like a mass service at 9 a.m. on Sunday. So maybe that's mostly they um, enforce the rules a little bit more if you're actually going for a mass. But if you're just going to the museum, it doesn't really matter as much. Yeah. But because we definitely saw online somewhere. So we all like dressed for it. And then we got there and we were like, okay, literally like no one here is wearing like, I mean, it's good to be respectful. Obviously, you're going into a church. So like. You should dress modest, but mm-hmm. they're not going to, like, not let you in if you're not right. covering your knees. So, yeah. Okay. Kels, is there anything else that you experienced on your Barcelona trip that I didn't or we haven't covered yet? Yeah. So, one thing that we did was really fun. We actually did a little bit of a day trip from Barcelona um, to this place called Montserrat, um, which I really recommend if you have time depending on what else you do. This was kind of like a full day thing, but I really recommend it. Um, It's basically, so Montserrat literally literally translates to serrated mountain in Catalan. And I'll have to show the picture on the Instagram of what these mountains look like um, because they're not like typical mountains. They're like columns kind of. I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but they're very unique looking. And there's it's about a one-hour drive outside of Barcelona. So we did a paid tour where we went to Montserrat and then we did some wineries as well. So we made it like a full day and it was really, really fun. Um, But it's basically home to a monastery like right in the middle of mountains. So like 80 monks live in this community and go to this monastery. And it's just wild. The pictures of it, it's because it's literally built into the side of these serrated mountains. And it was just really beautiful. And so that was fun to kind of go through and do a little tour there. Um, And there's a lot of good hiking opportunities there that we didn't do because we were doing the wineries. But you could do that instead. If like doing the wineries or something aren't really your thing, you can go do the tour the monastery and then do some hikes. And it was beautiful. So that was really fun. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I like hadn't even heard of that. Um, and then I heard of other people on our program that went to do that. And But before I went to Spain, I hadn't even heard of people talking about it. But it looks really cool. And I enjoyed that too because we didn't really do a whole lot of other tours or anything in Barcelona. And so that we got a lot to learn about because the bus we rode a bus from Barcelona to Montserrat and it was an hour so we got to learn a lot about the history of Montserrat and learn about some Barcelona history and things like that which I enjoy I kind of nerd out on that stuff and I like learning about the places that we're going to um so yeah if you have time I would suggest that I thought that was really fun yeah well I also think that what you mentioned about like getting a little bit of the history of Barcelona is actually really would be really good to get because Barcelona does feel very different from a lot of the other parts of Spain. It does feel very modernized and touristy and it still definitely feels like a European city, but out of all the places I went, it definitely felt the most Americanized, I guess you could say. Um, so it, a lot of times can feel like 
you might be missing out on a little bit of that history of how it actually was before it became such a big tourist hotspot. So I think that would actually be something like really interesting. You probably learned like a lot of cool things about the city um, because like, I guess compared to Madrid, that's like what I always kind of compare Barcelona with. And Barcelona definitely has a very different feel. Definitely. I feel like that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Well, let us know if you feel like you've missed or that we've missed anything. I know a lot of people, like I said, Barcelona is a pretty big tourist hotspot. So a lot of you guys that are listening, maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been waiting for us to talk about something and we totally missed it. So let us know. Um, like I would love to go back to Barcelona. So yeah, if there's anything that we didn't do that you really recommend that we do, like I said, like Callie and I were both just there for a short weekend. Right. So obviously we couldn't do everything. So let us know what we missed. Yeah, for sure. But overall, love Barcelona. It's a great place to go. Highly recommend. Just watch your stuff because it could very well get stolen. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so prone to losing things or getting things stolen. Ugh. Like you'll hear in future Allie episodes. actually has a problem. It is a huge problem. <laughs> Which you guys will hear about eventually. So you'll be able to laugh it's at shocking. me and make fun of me because it's fine. I make fun of myself. But And not just like little things she loses. It's her phone. It's her Apple Watch. It's her ID. It's her wallet. Multiple times. Yeah. It's okay. I'm getting better. I was really scared to go to Barcelona because all you hear about is how common it is for people to get pickpocketed. And I was like, there is no way I'm going to go here and not get something stolen. Like, I was so scared. And I made You're it your out. your own worst enemy. It's not that you nest. Well, okay. I guess we'll talk about that in the Nashville episode. But yeah, I got preyed on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're just teasing. Teasing for future episodes. Yeah. So. All right. Give us a follow on Instagram at Love It There Pod. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We upload videos of the, each of our podcasts. We put more video and photo content in the YouTube. So we try to put a lot through on the Instagram, but um, there's extra stuff on the YouTube that we don't put anywhere else. So um, if you're interested in that, check those out. Can't promise when those YouTubes get uploaded because I am just a little bit slow at that, but they get uploaded eventually. <laughs> so just keep checking back in. Hit us with a subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss a video um, and leave us a review. Check out Hallie's sweatshirt on our YouTube so you can be inspired to leave her a review. Oh, yeah. I am wearing an IU sweatshirt. Look how cool it is. I didn't want you to tell people. I wanted them to go on the YouTube oh. to see it. I guess they'll see it when we do a clip on the Instagram. Yeah, but I got it at a vintage sale, and it's really cool. She's a cool vintage IU Yeah, girly. go Hoosiers. <laughs> Anyways. All right. I think that's enough. Um, anything else you want to leave the people with? I don't think so. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We will see you guys next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Bye.